Let us pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you for the privilege we have again tonight to study your word. And we trust that by your spirit, you will minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Tonight we are going to look at the, he delegated authority to you. We should call it delegated authority, but uh, the longer version is he delegated authority to you. What are you doing with it? We could call it delegated authority. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to trade on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. The disciples of Jesus Christ, they were sent on a preaching mission, an outreach program. And it was very exciting for them. They were sent to go and preach the kingdom of God. They were sent to heal the sick, cast out demons. And they came back with a wonderful report in Luke 10, verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. They were very ecstatic. They, they, they had never seen anything like this before. Nobody ever used the name of Jesus like this before. It was something new. And if you read that verse, that chapter, he already told them something. He said, listen, I'm sending you among the wolves, and you are just like a sheep. And you know what the wolf would do to a sheep? Is to, is to eat the sheep life. And he was telling them that you don't have anything at all to handle these wolves. And obviously, the wolves are referenced to demonic spirits and evil people. So as a sheep is defenseless, that's what it was illustrating to them and us. The same way you are, you are defenseless against these things of your own. You have nothing as a sheep has nothing. A sheep has no fangs, nothing to fight with. But here are wolves, wild wolves. And Jesus said, I am sending you among them. You are like a sheep. So you are really vulnerable to them. So don't try to use anything you have. You have nothing. But I'm giving you one thing. You have one thing that can finish them. That's my power, my authority, my glory. I'm going to delegate it to you. When you go there and you lift up my name, they are all finished. So what you are going to use is not what you have. It's what I'm giving you, and that is me. It's my power, it's my authority, it's my name. It's more powerful than all the wolves put together. So he made it clear to them how these things will work for them. I give unto you power. I give unto you authority now. In my name, all the wolves will bow, all of them. So you don't have to begin to look for what you have, what you don't have. No, 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 what I'm giving you is what will work. So they came back, they saw Satan bow to them. It was their first time. Man, nobody ever did this. Nobody ever heard of this new name. This thing works. They were subject to us, all the wolves. Wow. Can you imagine what the wolves were thinking when they saw them? They were getting ready to eat them, and they said in Jesus' name, all of them bowed. In one second. It was very dramatic, and these people were ecstatic. They were full of joy that they were representing the authority of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I'm giving you the authority of the kingdom of God. Once you use my name, the power, the glory of the kingdom of God 
is manifested right there, and every other power bows to it. And this was a demonstration of what Jesus was going to now give to all, I mean, all of us after his resurrection. So it's important that the believer knows that he has been sent with the authority of the kingdom of, of God, vested in the name of Jesus, and he was not sent with anything else, like a sheep. Nothing he has or can do that can handle these woes, except the authority of the kingdom of God Almighty vested in the name of Jesus. We must know this truth. If you don't know this truth, the enemy will deceive you to start using something of your own. You think it's how you shout. You think it's how you roam around. You think it's anything of your own. The Bible says, if this be of men, it will fail. But if it be of God, you can't bring it down. Because people do a lot of things that is of men, and the devil will laugh at them because that's not what God gave you to deal with them. No, what he gave you is of the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus. We must know that. Number two, it's very important that the believer understands and knows that he has been given the authority of the kingdom of God vested in the name of Jesus and not in any other name. Number one, must understand that there's nothing from you that can handle these wolves. It's the authority of the kingdom of God vested in the name of Jesus that Jesus gave you that will handle them. So you don't start doing stuff thinking it's what you do, all those things, worst of them. Anything that is carnal, physical is irrelevant because you are dealing with a spiritual situation. Now, number two is to realize that the only name given to you is the name of Jesus Christ. Now, don't let the devil give you another name because he knows that this is where this authority is vested, in the name of Jesus. So he can give you another name. The Holy Spirit is God, but God didn't tell us, I vested my power in the name of the Holy Spirit. There's nowhere the Bible says that. The Holy Spirit is God. It should be honored like God, respected like God, and we should speak about him with all respect and honor. It is God. But there's nowhere the Bible says, the name of, Jesus didn't say, go in the name of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't say, go in the name of an angel. <clears throat> it's, it's in the name of a man of God. Say, go in my name. In my name. The name of Jesus. Do not let the devil deceive you to use any other name in which God has not invested this authority. He will fool you. He will defeat you. Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name, church, under heaven by which we must be saved. No other name. Number three, every Christian has this authority in Christ and can use it. Every Christian. It's not reserved for pastors. Or, no, it's every Christian. Every believer. Now, if you do not know this, you will be a victim of the devil. He's out to destroy, to kill, to steal. He's vicious and persistent and determined. But you must know. The only thing God gave you that would deal with the wolves is the name of Jesus Christ. And Peter said, faith in his name made this man to walk. Faith that comes from him made this man to walk. You will never read in the entire Bible where the early church used any other name except the name given to the church to use the name of Jesus. You will never find any example at all except this. 2 Timothy 2.23. 
Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. 24, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, be patient with difficult people. Now, if you are a leader, you should read this verse over and over. God didn't send you to fight, quarrel, argue. That's not what the Holy Spirit, not what Jesus, the head of the church, told us to do. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, must not engage in quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, even difficult people. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people, not by imposition, not by lording it over them. No, because except the Lord builds again, again, Jesus is the only one building his church. But be patient with difficult people. What is happening to them? Because what you are dealing with is not what you see. Look at verse 25. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently, gently, those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Why? The heart of the king is not in your hands. It's in the hand of God. Verse 26. See what you are dealing with. They will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. See, you are dealing with demonic spirits. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So if you want quarrel, the devil will give you quarrel. If you want to exchange your word, the devil will give it to you because he, that, he's the manufacturer of it. If you want, I'm not talking to you again. They will not talk to you again. If you, anything you want, the devil will give it to you. You don't give the devil opportunity to manifest his, his life. So you use the character of Christ. Be gentle, be patient, and let God gain. You have nothing to do with the wolves. Let the only person who can handle the situation handle it. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. Escape from the devil's trap. I'm trying to let you know that if a Christian doesn't know his authority in Christ, he'll be falling into the devil's trap over and over and over and over. He'll be gossiping, he'll be doing these things, and if they have so many good reasons to, 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 uh, to justify that. And they have no idea that the devil is using them over and over and over and over. They don't know how to exercise the authority. So God's original plan was to give authority to men. That has been his divine plan from the beginning. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. See that? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. That's where we stand. God didn't create anything except a man and a woman, male and female. Male and female. Unfortunately, if you read this scripture in some countries of the Western world, you'll be in jail, you'll be in prison. And these are people who came to Africa and told us about freedom of speech until you say the truth from the Bible. These are people who came to Africa and told us that they have better values than us. God made them male and female, created them male and female. He created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, 
be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over it. Subdue it and have dominion over it. They were to be God's ambassador here, bringing his kingdom authority to bear on his creation. They were God's representative. It was God's plan to hand over this authority to them and no other creature like angels, no. The Bible said the earth he gave to the children of men. Psalm 115 verse 16. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth has has he given to the children of men. The earth has he given to the children of men. The, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but God gave the earth to the children of men. That is the main objective of giving the, men, the, the authority to men is because he gave the earth to the children of men. So he gave them authority to be able to bring, to be a divine influence over what he created. Because man was God's regent on earth, who was created in his own image. There is no other creature that has the breath of God. Only man has the breath of God. No other creature was in the class of God, created in his own image except God. I said man. No other creature has the intelligence of man because it was created in the image of God. So it was divine purpose to create them and give them authority over his creation, give them dominion over his creation. Now, if they were not exercising the dominion, they were not fulfilling divine mandate and divine purpose. They were not doing that. So you see how futile and how unwise it is to waste resources going to Mars. All this plan to go to Mars, to the moon, they can go to the sun if they want to. All this plan is futile because God didn't give Mars to me. It's all waste of time. Those places are very hostile. If all the money that they are wasting, paying contractors and making people millionaires, billionaires, if they bring all that money, they will pay off school fees for children, who, people who need it. They pay off all the loans that people are owing and people will live better life. God didn't give us Mars. He didn't give us uh, Jupiter. He didn't give us any other place. It's the earth that he gave to children of men. Now, God gave this authority to Adam and Eve, but they lost it. And we all know this story. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord had, God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the, of the, fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it. Eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves apron. The moment they obeyed the devil, they lost the glory. Shame came, opposite of glory. They lost the dominion. The trees and the animals that they gave names was what they were now looking 
upon for help. They were now looking upon leaves, trees to cover their shame. The people that gave name to every creature of God are now looking up to those creatures to help them out in their nakedness. They lost that dominion. And the reason that they lost that dominion is because there's a spiritual law that they broke. It's in Romans 6 verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. This word has been, it has been, the word of God has been, that to whom you yield yourself, servant to obey, you become his slave. The moment they yielded to the devil, he took over the authority, they became his subservient to him. Shame came to them. And Satan became the God of this world, took over their position. Second Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine up unto them. <clears throat> so Satan became the God of this world. He took over that authority from them because they yielded to him. And then um, the devil told Jesus Christ the same thing. In Luke chapter 4, verse 5, and the devil taking him up into an high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6, and the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me. God didn't give it to him. It was Adam that delivered it unto him. And the devil was telling Jesus, sure, it was given to me. So I can give it to you, but you can bow, if you bow down and worship me. And if you did that, he wouldn't have the authority anymore. He too would become like the fallen Adam. And he said, it was give, delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Because I have it now. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. It's a lie. For anybody to really exercise the divine authority, the divine, exercise kingdom authority, you must understand that kingdom authority is exercised only in exercise of God's will, nothingness. You can't exercise divine authority in promoting something else that's not the will of God. Nothingness. It's only the will of God that the, the authority of God promotes. So in Genesis chapter 3 verse 2, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the tr fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And as long as they were not violating the will of God here, they were not authority. But when they violated it, they lost that authority. Because God does everything to promote his will and nothingness. Not my personal will, not your will, not the will of a group of people, but his will. Ephesians 1.11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God works all things according to the counsel of his will. So he exalted his will above his power because his will is the steering that controls where his power goes, controls where his authority is exercised. In Psalm 138 verse 2, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy, for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word, which is his will, which is his character, which is who he is. Magnified thy word above all thy name. Which means it is his will. It is his word that determines what the power 
where the power goes. Remember, at the creation, the power was there. Until the word came, the power did nothing. The power did nothing. Until the word expressed the will of God, is let there be. This is his will, and the power went on and made it happen. And Jesus, when he came, understood this, and we should understand this too. He focused primarily on the will of God. That was his primary focus, and as long as he was in that will of God, he was exercising kingdom authority and kingdom power to fulfill God's will. He came, he said, I came to do the will of God. Everything was to do his will because the power of God, the authority of God, works only to establish God's will, period. John 4, 34, Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. John 5, 19, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. John 5, 30, I can do nothing of my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. So his ultimate submission brought ultimate exaltation by God. And the reverse is the case. When you don't do the will like Adam and Eve did, you lose the authority. You lose there because God's authority cannot be used to establish, establish anything else that is not in line with his purpose and will. God will never do that. That's like God violating his own word. So in Philippians 2, 7, instead he gave up his divine privileges. Look at what Jesus did. First of all, gave up his divine privileges. It's like giving up your passport and everything to go to one village somewhere. He gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross in pursuit of divine will. He gave up his position as God, all his privileges, and became a man and a slave and then died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, because of that, because of that, God granted him the authority of heaven because he was committed to divine will. So because, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven. Now remember, there is no other name for which these things bow. It's only one. So don't let the devil give you any other name. See, deceiver. He can do miracles for you to establish you in falsehood. He can do that and establish you in falsehood. And as, as once that thing takes root in you, he will bring other disseminations of, of lies into your life. Finally, make your life miserable. So verse 9, Philippians 2 verse 9. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all. Other names that are the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father in the establishment, perfection of divine will, to the glory of God the Father. He was not submitted by duress. His submission was not by force. His submission was not to fulfill all righteousness, no. It was a willing submission, but the scripture tells us about his heart. In Hebrew 1.9, you, 
you have loved righteousness. So he didn't do this just because, let me do it. No, no, no. He has loved the righteous will of God. He has loved it. He has loved the divine righteousness. It was his delight. He had loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. He hated rebellion. It was a delight to give his life in, 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 in furtherance of divine righteousness, righteous will, righteous purpose. He hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you above with the oil of gladness more than your companions. See? Because that sacrifice he made was a willing sacrifice because God loves a, a cheerful giver. It was a willing sacrifice because he loves to, he loves the righteous will of God. God, God now exalted, anointed him above, exalted him above every other name. And the result was incredible. Look at Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed with the devil. He was kicking them out everywhere. He was exercising divine authority because of his commitment to divine will in furtherance of the will of the Father. For God was with him. We too are required to exercise God's authority also in exercise of divine will. James 4.4 says, You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is a nimity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. I hope every Christian reads this verse to stop deceiving ourselves. This is why people can't exercise authority over anything. Because they're not committed to divine will. They are committed to the will of the world. And after looking like the world, pleasing the world, they go to talk to the devil. It's, it's blunt. Not, absolutely not. Verse 5. Do you think that the scriptures said in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusted to envy, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resisted the proud. Those who resist his will do their own thing. But giveth grace unto the humble, those who are yielded to his will, who humble themselves like Jesus did. Seven, submit yourself therefore to God. Therefore is because of the foregoing, that God will resist the proud and God will give grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself, submit yourselves to God's will. Then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Second Corinthians 10, 5. In as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Every thought in my heart must be led to obedience of Christ. That's if we're interested in exercising divine authority. If we're interested. You know the prodigal son, the son of the father, where he was, he could not exercise the glory of the kingdom of his father. He couldn't. He couldn't. Until he came back into fellowship. Then the ring of authority was restored to him. But that place he was, he couldn't. You don't sing the lost song in a strange land, brethren. You can't be going to clubs, drinking all over the place, committing all manner of immoral lives, and then turn around and say to the devil, I bind you. He'll be, he will laugh you to scorn. He will laugh you seriously to scorn because you are his, you, he's taking you captive at will. <laughs> That's what we just read. People that are taking captive at will, how can you turn around and be telling him, I bind you? He will knock you on the head because he's taking you captive at will. 
You are opposing the truth by your life. Luke chapter 15, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Ring, authority. Remember Joseph? Pharaoh removed his ring and put on him. Put the ring there. Because he's out of that region of darkness. He's come back into fellowship, into the light where the father is. Now Jesus arrives on the scene. Jesus arrives on the scene. Remember the devil came and uh, took the authority. Now Jesus arrived on the scene with divine authority. He was so different from the Adam that sold out in so many ways. He was born a king, born with authority from God and divine minded. He was on a mission. Matthew 2.2 saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? He was born king. He had authority on arrival. For he, we have seen his star in the east, and I come to worship him. In John 5, 25, and, say, and had given him, God had given him authority to execute judgment also, because he's the son of man. Why? The earth God gave to son of man. Jesus had to come as a man and come with authority to execute it on earth, because the earth was given to son of man. Say, because he's the son of man. So God gave me authority to say, yeah, the eight I gave to sons of men. You go with my authority. So he could exercise it legally. And people noticed it. Mark eleven twenty eight, And say unto him, by what authority doest thou this thing? So they realized it's a man of authority. And who gave this authority to do this? He realized it was a person of authority. They did. And Jesus was unique. Because he was the second Adam, sinless, born of God, son of God, not made from the earth. Remember that the first Adam was formed from the earth and God breathed into him. This second Adam came from heaven. He didn't come from the earth. He came from heaven, not from the earth. Therefore, he, was not, he didn't have Adam's DNA. And the sin of Adam did not infect him even though he was a man. He came from a different lineage. He didn't come from Adam's lineage. He came from heaven. Adam came from the earth. He came from heaven. Born of God. Born of the spirit of God. So he was so different from Adam. He was sinless. Totally sinless. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. For the first man is of the earth. Earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The first man was from earth. This one is from heaven. Romans 5, 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. But Jesus didn't come from the earth. So Adam sin can't, can't touch him. He didn't come from the earth. He had, he, he had no lineage from Adam. So Adam sin could not touch him. It spread to every man, but not. He was a man. Yeah, but this sin did not spread to him. It didn't touch him. Again, let me read it. Romans 5 12. When Adam sin, sin entered the world. Adam sin spread death. So death spread to everyone. So everyone sinned, but not Jesus. He came from heaven. He didn't come from earth. So he didn't have. Adam's DNA. And so all of us that came from Adam were born in sin naturally. Remember that David is, was a prophet. So he wrote it, Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in, in sin my mother has conceived me. The sin of Adam spread to all men. Not Jesus. He was not born of the seed of, of, of a man. Look at Matthew 120. Let's look at this. Matthew one twenty. But while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, 
saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's not from men. It's not from Adam. It's of the Holy Ghost. So the sin of Adam can touch him. From the Holy Ghost, 21. And she will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Let me read Matthew, verse 18, Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was of this wife, when as the, his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said, and the word was made flesh, came from heaven, born of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. Adam was formed and was breathed into. He came from heaven, of the Holy Spirit. It's not the seed of men. So the table turns as Jesus begins to engage the devil in Hebrew 2.14, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, which is true. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So by dying on the cross, it destroyed the power of the devil. Couldn't do anything anymore. It disarmed him. In Colossians 2, 12, 13, you were dead because of your sins <clears throat> and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins, all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities because our sin was what empowered them. Remember, until Adam's sin, devil had no authority. But Jesus came and took away all the sins, washed it away with his blood, died in our place, and the devil has not, nothing anymore to rely upon. So he say, in this way, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and, and the authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. The wisdom of God brought them to shame. Couldn't handle it brought them to reach him. They lost so miserably and so badly. And then something happened here. When Jesus did all of this and disarmed them, he took authority from them. We're going to go there. But something happened here. Because our sins were forgiven, God created a new breed of human beings that are not from Adam. Man, this amazing plan. God created a new breed of human beings that came like Jesus from the spirit have no Adam's DNA. So Adam's sin doesn't touch them. Adam's sin that covered the whole earth, boom, they were free from it. They are not from Adam. They are of the spirit too. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who we are born now, not of blood, not, not of blood, not DNA. The, the DNA we had when we were born, is sin. We are born of the will of men. Continuation of the DNA of Adam. That DNA was cut off. God created a new person out of you that has a totally different lineage. So he said, who we are born not of the blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That which you have in you is of the Holy Spirit. God created you of the Holy Spirit too. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But God created a new person. That which is born of the spirit is of the spirit. 
You are of God. You are not of Adam. So the sins of Adam can't touch you like he didn't touch Jesus. You are not in his lineage no more. No more. No more. And because you are not in his lineage anymore, the devil cannot do anything. Can't do anything about it. 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature that is not from Adam. The sin of Adam that touched all men is over. Jesus cut it off there because God made you all things passed away. That one that is of Adam passed away. God created new men. The Bible says he made new people and created one, one person out of them. Therefore, if any man be a Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. That which was born in iniquity is passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all these things are of God. <laughs> they are of God, who are reconciled us to himself by Jesus. Ephesians 2 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can now do the good things he planned for us long ago. Ephesians 4 24. Put on your new nature, created to be like God. You're not like Adam, truly righteous and holy. So, as a sin of Adam spread to the whole man. Now you have a new generation. You are totally of a different generation. So the sin of Adam can be spreading to all men, but not to you anymore because you are different. You are not the no. It doesn't concern you. You are totally of a different generation. You are now sons of God, members of His family. Your father is God. Your lineage is God. Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Member, part of the body of Christ. Christ came from heaven. Born of the spirit, not of the lineage of Adam. Now you are part of his body. You are not born of the flesh. You are not born there. You are born of God like he came. You are a member of his body. Member of his body. As Adam's sin could not touch him, so it can't touch you because you are born of, he's talking of your spirit now. You are born of God. You have the spirit. You are joined to Christ. You are one spirit with him. In the same status, if you understand this, then you understand why you have divine authority. You must understand this. Because if you don't understand this, you think you are a Adam, And you can't exercise that authority. So now, a sin spread over all men. The same way the righteousness of Christ was given to those who believe in him. A sin, Adam's sin made people sinners. Christ's righteous people made people righteous. Christ's righteousness made people righteous. The opposite. So when you come to Christ and you receive him and you have this new life that is of God, you'll be made righteous. Just like when you are born in sin, in iniquity, you are born, sin of Adam made you a sinner. The righteousness of Christ makes you righteous. And you are God's son. 1 John 5, 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, not tomorrow. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall, we shall know that when, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as it is it as he is. And it is in us that the spirit of Christ lives. Ephesians 2 5, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead and it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realm because we are united with him. So you see, because you are no more from Adam, you are joined to Christ. So God elevated you to where Christ is. He elevated you to where Christ is. He brought you to where the, you sit where the authority can be manifested. 
you elevated you where the authority can legally be yours. Because you are seated with Christ in the place where it is that it's not be, be, be beyond your pay grade. It's your pay grade to be there and use divine authority. Because you are seated with Christ in that place of authority. Ephesians 1.19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. That is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler of authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him sit over all things for the benefit of the church, for your benefit. All this is under your feet because you are seated with Christ there. He said he did all these things for your benefit here on earth. For your benefit so you can exercise divine authority, kingdom authority, because you are sons of the kingdom. You are not from Adam. You came from God. You are sons of God. You are born of the spirit. You are born of the spirit. You have his life, his DNA. Adam's sin can't make, can't stop you because it's not touching you. You have nothing to do with it anymore. You are seated with Christ where he's seated and the authority of heaven is legally yours where you are. The Bible says he did all these things for you, for the church. So he put everything under his authority, under your feet. That's why you are seated, exalted. But you need to start learning that you have to use that authority to put these rebellious spirits where they belong. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things. Yes, because God says, at the name of Jesus, every knee bows has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. That's why he gave us his name to use. All things have been put under the authority of that name for the benefit of the church. So we are his ambassadors here to carry on the will of God that he was carrying. Remember, the authority of God is to establish the wrong way. Ambassadors operate the will of the government that they represent. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, now, when we are, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ that be you reconciled to God. Say we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We are representing him now, carrying the same authority he has, exercising it here on earth in his name, in his place. When you use it in his name, you are doing it in his place. It's like him doing it. So these are the people to whom Jesus handed his authority. Those who are members of his body representing him here, they are not born of, of Adam or anything. They are born of God, born of the spirit. They are spirit human beings in whom he lives. People who are part of his body, joined to his spirit, become one with him. His ambassadors here, who are carrying out the same work he was carrying out. He says to them in Matthew 28, 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Eighteen. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. See, I have it. The devil lost it. All of it. All. Not so. In heaven and earth, I have it. Nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end 
of the world. And they said, Amen. Now, Mark 16, 14 tells us again what happened there. And afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Remember, he sent them with the same authority he sent them before. When he sent them, he said, I give unto you authority, power over all the works of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that commission is being given to everybody who believes in him. Go ye now, pray the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. So this is what he's saying here, verse 16, Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And this sign shall follow them that believe in my name now, shall they cast out devils. What he told them is telling us now, go and cast out demons down under your feet. All things have been brought under the feet of Christ for the benefit of the church. He gave us his name. First thing, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Because being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues is, is, is um, something that is of the last dispensation. It never happened in the Old Testament. It happened now because we have his spirit. We are born of God. We have our spirit. It's alive. And our spirit can now speak. Before now, no, they couldn't. So speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, shall not hurt them. Remember what he told them, nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's repeating it here now. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. Why? Because he handed them what they need to deal with the wolves. They can't deal with the wolves, the alarms of God. They can't deal with him. With there is nothing here. He showed them that is from them. He says in my name, 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 I give you what works. The wolves can't stand it. They are all under your feet. I defeated them, disarmed them, taken away the power and authority. I have it, and I'm sending you now in my name. Don't worry about their noise. My name will put them where they belong. Make them, make them bow. They will bow. All of them will bow. Sicknesses will bow. All the works of Satan will bow. All of them will bow. But remember, he upbraided them because of their unbelief. They didn't believe him. The church is still struggling with believing God. But we want to walk by sight and see. My question is, what, what, are we, what do you want to see to know that this thing works? Are we going to walk by sight or walk by faith and know that once Jesus said that, once you said that, you go your way, it works. Because he will never lie. So now, where we started, remember the topic we are talking about? Our starting topic is, is that uh, he delegated authority to you, so what are you doing with it? If you don't use it, be vulnerable to the devil. If you use any other thing, you'll be a victim of Satan. Don't let ignorance put you in a terrible disadvantage. Rise up and use the authority that God gave you. Peter said, faith in his name made this thing work. Faith in his name will make things work for you. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you again for your word that we shared this evening. You've given us what works. The name of Jesus. You have exalted it above every other name. 
He has come and defeated them, taken away everything they trusted in. Created us a different species of human beings like him. We didn't come from Adam. The sin of Adam, we have no business with it. We have no business with it. We have life from Christ. We have life from Christ. We are spirit beings. We are sons of God. We are ambassadors here. We are children of the kingdom. You gave us what works. I pray that you help us to see this truth. Live this truth. Because it's in acting on it that we see that this is true. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.